Wilson. Little roller up along first. Behind the bag. It gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight, and the Mets win it. On 2-1 pitch. And a drive in the air to deep right field. That ball headed toward the wall. That ball is out of here. Out of here. A game-winning grand slam home run off the bat of Robin Ventura. Hey. And it's hit deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Home run by Piazza. And the Mets lead three to two. Turner drives one to center, chasing Nimmo back to the warning track, right at the fence. He made the catch! Oh, wow! The catch of the year for Brandon Nimmo! He took a home run away from Justin Turner! Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The show starts in 10, 9, Episode number 19, the Shay Hello Podcast. Happy holidays, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Roots-Recordings.com. My name is Casey Lynn. I'm joined by my co-host, former Met pitcher, former Major League pitcher, Bill Pulsifer. Happy holidays, Bill. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. All the above. As to you as well. And of course, we have uh, Stephen White, our producer behind the scenes, doing a great job. As always, so uh, I'd be remiss if uh, we didn't just start off with some holiday talk, Bill. I just got to ask you right off the bat, uh, no pun intended, baseball talk here. Uh, what, uh, I guess, did you have uh, uh, the best gift for you or anything that uh, the other day that <laughs> um, was maybe you know uh, gifted? I, I did get a couple of bottles. I got a bottle of uh, a Tito's and a bottle of uh, Basil Hayden's bourbon, but we're not huge gift uh exchangers here with me and my wife but uh, right. just to have my um you know have the family together for a big dinner and then her brother-in-law and um his wife uh came over and we did a, a nice big meal with uh chicken cutlets and lasagna so just the meal itself and being around with the family is a, is a great gift very cool very cool i got uh people who are watching on uh youtube i got this baby it's uh, a frame mets legends if you will Okay. Of uh, the best Mets. I don't know if you could see it. Uh, at least, Bill, I know everybody who's listening on the podcast can't. But uh, it's basically uh, Mets legends and their jerseys and, uh, you know, their time span when they were a Met. And, oh, uh, nice. Yeah, so that was a nice gift. And yes. uh, I'll have it put on the wall when I have some time. So I right enjoyed on. that one. Looks good. Uh, good. Well, uh, glad you had a uh, happy holiday as we enter uh, the new year. But we're not there yet. Uh, we have to start off what we had talked about forever, it seemed. And we had spoke on episode 19, uh, 18, excuse me. This is episode 19 about when will Yamamoto make his decision? And we said, hopefully by the next time we have our next episode. Well, he did. And, uh, we could finally put a bow on the Yamamoto talk. He's a Dodger bill, as you know, and probably most people who are listening and watching, uh, I'm going to give you my take on the whole thing. It dragged out too long. Finally, it's ended. Uh, 
Cliff Notes in, on my thoughts, he always wanted to be a Dodger. He grew up a Dodger fan. We did know that. Uh, after all the tea leaves and everything was dissected, I do think even after they went to Steve Cohen's mansion uh, and Steve flew out to Japan and he met with, it seemed like 80,000 teams, he just wanted to be a Dodger and had a set price in his mind because the Mets offered him uh, 10 years, $325 million. Dodgers matched it, and they didn't allow Steve to counter. He signed it right then and there. Done. Dodger. Now, the Dodgers and, the Dodgers deal was for more years, too, though, no? I think it was – well, it was the same uh, – Same amount of money, but I thought, yeah, I, I, thought I saw 12. He got a $50 years. million dollar signing, signing bonus. bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, again, Cliff Notes, I really think he wanted to be a Dodger. He was just waiting for that offer, in the, the agent of them, of what they wanted. And they didn't even give Steve Cohen the chance to counter because he couldn't. They said they didn't go to him. They He signed it, got 10 or 12, like you said, uh, years, $325 million, a $50 million signing bonus, and a couple out, uh, opt-outs towards the way end of the career. Again, he's only 25. So I think – Honestly, I didn't think this before. Steve's Cohen money was kind of used. Yankees were right there too. They offered about three and change. Uh, that was a little weird. They said they didn't want to be Cole, his uh, contract, no. but no. they're trying to win. Who cares? You know, every year, you know, well, inflation. Garrett Cole may care. <laughs> yeah, right. Pissed off. I don't know. You know. But uh, I wanted to get your take. I, I, I'm uh, I'm a little down. It, for me, it was always Yamamoto or Bust. Right. Steve right. and whatever his his wife uh, Stearns, whoever was involved, they couldn't do much more to get him. They offered the most. They flew to Japan. They had him over for dinner in his mansion. Uh, they weren't allowed to counter. I have no problem with Steve going full court press. It was Yamamoto who wanted to join his buddy Otani in L.A. and uh, he'll be the the number one until Altani gets back, you know, a lot of money, as you said, for a guy who's never thrown a pitch in the major leagues. Yeah, obviously uh, a lot of money. Um, I guess, uh, you know, the West coast thing is, is, is a thing for guys, you know, maybe he wants to be out there in La La land, you know, which uh, I guess you can't blame somebody. I know that it seems like, uh, you know, obviously Nomo kind of started that trend with the Japanese yep. pitchers. And now um, with Shohei going there, I guess it's, you know, it's it's hard to turn down living in L.A. Obviously, taxes and that are are going to kill them a little bit. But um, it's a shame. It's a shame that uh, that they haven't been able, the Mets haven't been able to uh, yeah. get that big signing this this off season up to this point. And um, you know, there's there are some other names out there that we've talked about before, but I'm not sure that they're going to be so interested in them necessarily. But um, it's it's a shame that uh, they didn't they didn't land their man again. Yeah. Uh... I don't think it is a shame. I don't think they could have done much more, like I said. But at the end of the day, they didn't get their guy. And that's all yep. that matters. Uh, Dodgers building a super team. Otani, Yamamoto, they traded for Glass now and extended him. Wow. They already have Freeman and Betts. And, you know, uh, it's insane. Walker Bueller's coming back. Uh, yeah. But as we know, money doesn't buy you championships. Mets had the highest payroll last year. Look what happened. So, yeah, uh, you, you still got to play the games. On paper, on paper, they're obviously a tremendous team, and they've been yeah. a, a tremendous team on paper for many years. So uh, they're going to be a team to look out for, but you still got to go play. Yeah, they win 100-plus games anyway every year, and most years they're out in the NLDS or the NLCS. So, you know, they got to perform when it counts. We all know they'll make the playoffs with that team. As for the Mets, it sucks. 
But we parlay that to how do the Mets pivot now? What is their next move? They have basically Sanga Quintana. They made a trade with the Brewers for Hauser and Ty- uh, Tyrone Taylor, an outfielder, who will be their fourth outfielder. Uh, Hauser gives you innings, back-end guy, and they have Saravino. They have to get one more at least, but that's, you know, that's it's not going to open eyes and put yourself on paper for a legit, you know, starting five. Like you said, there's more. There's 200 free agents available, by the way, still. You know, after the holidays, the new year, there's 200 guys that are going to go. I just don't know how the Mets are going to go, and we can talk about it. Well, uh, I mean, obviously, this this isn't like coming in, in like we have the last couple of years where you feel like you have, you know, Two future Hall of Famers on your on your in your starting rotation before the season even starts, right. so it's going to be um, a lot of hard work by the coaching staff and the front office to uh, to one to fill those those voids by the front office, and then two that uh, you know maybe the coaching staff's going to have to coach their asses off a little bit this year to uh, try to make the most and get the best out of some guys that aren't necessarily front line or, or top top line guys you know yeah there's gonna be some guys that are gonna get an opportunity we've talked about lucchese m- m- multiple times you know here's here's an opportunity for him you know so i think th- yeah. if i'm him i'm feeling i'm feeling like all right it's really go time and i've got an opportunity i'm gonna bust my ass the rest of this offseason to make sure that i'm ready yeah we, we thought that that number five spot would be lucchese budo mcgill you know peterson but peterson's hurt now without getting Yamamoto, and we don't know if they're going to go for – they have to get another starter, but we don't know what type of starter they're going to go for. I don't think they're going Snell, Montgomery, the top-end guys. They're just not part of what the Mets' future looks like, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yamamoto, he checked all the boxes. That's why they went all after him. Uh, I don't see them going after Snell. Past, you know, like we talked about, he's kind of – for two-time Cy Young Award winner, it's crazy to think he's a little overrated – um, you know, with all the walks and doesn't get out of the sixth inning. Right. Uh, and, and Jordan Montgomery, in my opinion, is going to get ace-like money, and he's not an ace. He's just a, a high-quality pitcher, uh, and somebody's going to overpay him. Yeah. So I, I have no idea how the Mets are going to go, but I feel now, again, Yamamoto or bust. Uh, it's going to be, quote-unquote, as Mets fans on Twitter like to call a punt season, where it, they're transitioning to 2025 when the free agent class is bananas um guys on one or two year deals kind of like a severino hauser uh and that leaves me with what i predict they'll probably try to sign like a, a lucas Giolito uh on a one two-year deal former white Sox national first, first round pick someone like him or mike clevenger guys who are just going to give you innings and like you said you're going to hope that the coaching staff does their part and you know, the offense is a whole other story, but that's what I think they're going to do. The lesser guys on like a one-year deal. Yeah, I think you? maybe you, you kind of try to bridge the gap here a little bit, uh, unfortunately. But as, as players, I, I think that they're still going to be wanting to be as hungry as they possibly can and to um, maybe prove some, you know, prove themselves yeah. that we can win. We don't need to go out there and get the super-duper stars, but it obviously puts a little bit of a, a damper on the offseason up to this point, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, you know, such such is life, and uh, you gotta you gotta push forward and uh, and see what you can do. Yeah, it's like you said. You know, the two Hall of Famers, Scherzer and Verlander, were starting for the Mets last year. Now, like I said, Sanga, Quintana, you know, uh, it doesn't jump off the page. They're good pitchers. Sanga's, yeah, you know, right. 
I think uh, this is Senga's chance to to really really shine now. Yeah. You know, it, like he did towards the end of the year last year. Oh yeah. And I do I do believe that Quintana still got uh, gas left in the tank. You know, yeah. you're hoping that uh, he even comes back even stronger after missing so much of the season last year. You hope he comes back stronger. Um, Lucchese, similar in a ways to Quintana a little bit, uh, coming off of injury, not pitching all that much. And then obviously uh, big big man McGill's got a, got a lot to prove. You know, he's got a lot to prove to himself and to the to the organization. Yeah, they, they no matter what, need another starter. They need two relievers. Severino, yeah, so, yeah. And they, they have Severino, yeah, on a one-year deal. He's got deal. a lot to prove, too. He's got a lot to prove. He, he, yeah, I mean, low he's risk, prove high he's reward. He's a major league player, uh, really. Yeah, he really you. does. Uh, yeah. But he'll he'll be slotted into the rotation for sure. Uh, I don't really see any trades happening. I just think this is uh, – I don't like to call it a punt year because uh, there's so many teams that make the playoffs and you could sneak in. Um, but I feel like now with Yamamoto not anchoring the top of the rotation, the Mets don't are probably not going to go for – you know, all in now with other you might moves. not try to want to overspend on some guys that they're not really seeing as their future at this point, right. I would think, you know. Yeah. So the one or two year deals like Giolito and uh, Clevenger and think, those type. Yeah, I think Giolito is a little interesting depending on what he still views himself as. You know, am I a one or two year deal guy or do I still feel like I deserve, you know, the four or five years? You know, he's kind of had a little bit of ups and downs over yeah. the last few years. And, uh, he would definitely be an innings eater and a bull and a warrior out there. You know, uh-huh. he's just, I know that he's even worked on changing his arm action and that over the last couple of years, just from the stuff that I've seen online and that. So um, he's an interesting one to see. Yeah. He, uh, his record, I believe was bad. Eight and like 15 last year played for three different teams, uh, white Sox, And then he went to the angels at the deadline and then traded from the angels or even I think DF eight or something. Uh, and went to the Indians or Guardians, excuse me, uh, and ended his season there. Uh, led the league in giving up home runs, so even more than Lance Lynn. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I, have, I think he gave up like forty-one home runs. Holy shit. Led the yeah, league. You know what? So I, I've always uh, felt about him, even when he was going really, really good, and he was throwing 97, 98 miles an hour. His arm action that he had is just not optimal. I didn't see that as a long-term. Uh, I don't know if you know the arm action at all. Very, very short, almost like Tyrannosaurus yep. Rex or an alligator. Yep. And uh, that was all fine and dandy. And I, they actually teach that stuff nowadays, which I don't get. But usually the guys that throw like that, they're the uh, – in the leagues, um, the, uh, the reliever from uh, Tampa Bay, Rosen something. I can't remember. Another guy, a little small in arm action. But right. the guy that throws 99 miles an hour, but he's supposed to get three outs, not like Giolito. Uh-huh. You're looking to get, you know, 20, you know, 23 out, 21, 24 yeah. outs, you know, uh, going down the line. So. Again, I, I don't know if the Mets are going to go after Giolito. I don't know if they're going to get him, but it, it, these are the type of players now that we're talking about. Right. We're not talking about the Snells, Montgomerys, or the you know Yamamoto's. <laughs> what, with all things being said, don't be surprised after everything that we've said that they end up with one of those guys because so far we've uh, we've kind yep. of struck out on guys a little bit. When so it comes to knows, Steve Cohen, be something. You know, and I'm wearing the shirt. You got to believe, believe in Uncle Steve. I love. Um, you know, uh, he wore that when he uh, first picture as owner. So I, I copped it like three, four years ago. But uh, all intents and purposes, I don't see them going that route of, you know, big time or pitchers, if that's a word. But Steve Cohen, to your point, he never fails to surprise me. So, you, yeah, don't sure. Be surprised. <laughs> don't be surprised. Exactly. Uh, I'm sure so, Stearns is probably scratching his head a little bit, too. You know, so far up to this yeah. point, it seems like he's been. 
maybe a foul ball or two and some swings and misses up to this point, unfortunately. Yeah, and the, the signings that they're doing, it's it, the relievers, uh, Johan Ramirez and uh, Jorge Lopez. These are guys who the Mets and Stearns are signing to one-year deals, like in the rota- uh, uh, in the uh, bullpen, banking on bounce-back years. Right. Uh, to me, that just shows that they're not going all in. And uh, that tells me, and we could be wrong, that, again, they're going to try to piece this together with the shorter contracts. So. I think that uh, I think that sounds about right. But if you want to be optimistic for a sec, down years offensively last year with McNeil, Marte, who seems to be healthy with the groin. We saw him dancing uh, on Twitter at his wedding. He just got married. Uh, I don't think he was healthy at, at all last year. You know, I don't think no. he ever got back from the the uh, hernia surgeries. I right. don't think he was. I don't think he was healthy at all. So that's something to look forward to because if we think about the the Marte of two years ago, you know, he was. At one, at, for a long periods of time, yeah. he was the best player on the team offensively. Totally agree. So, yeah, so that's that's something to look forward to. Yeah, sure. Mar- Marte, I said in 2022, to your point, was the glue of the Mets offense. I agree. Uh, so a healthy Marte, a bounce back year from Jeff McNeil, and you have the years like you always expect. The batting average has to come up from Pete, but you get the years like Nimmo and Dorr. Uh, and you got Alvarez in the second year, maybe, yeah. you know, and they got to get another outfielder. They do. Um, you know, they, they lost Canna. Uh, they got to get a DH. I don't know now. Do they go after Justin Turner or do yeah, they just said, stick? I, I still think that might be a good one for we're, for doing this one year, two year thing. Like he, right. you know, he's at that point of his career. He understands that. And with the question marks at third base, like we talked about a few weeks ago, I think that that's uh, that makes sense. You know, he, he's the yeah. type of guy that still showed that he still has something left in the tank. Obviously, off seasons have a, do a number on guys from one year to the next as they get older because you can you can go from being good to that few months later, just not being any good anymore. We, we see yeah. it all the time, unfortunately. And, and uh, you just hope if they do go in that direction that uh, Justin Turner hasn't quite, um, hasn't, hasn't reached that level yet, but I'll use, I, remember, I always think about Jose Valentin as somebody oh. that even yeah. up to his second to his last year, we did very, very well. And then all of a sudden it just, it just wasn't there. And it, it happens. Yep. It happens a lot. Unfortunately, father time is undefeated, undefeated, undefeated question. With Justin Turner is now that you know the Mets might be bridging this season. Does he want to come to the Mets? You know, right. or does he right. want to go somewhere where he has a better chance to win? So, yep. uh, we'll we'll see. It doesn't take much to make the playoffs. Look at the Diamondbacks, but uh, if you look at the roster now, and they obviously will add. Uh, they gotta, you know, we'll see what happens. They have to have bounce back seasons, and whoever they get in the rotation now, fill out the bullpen, that outfielder, that DH, everything will have to click, I guess you know, to have meaningful baseball you know, yeah. at the deadline. Yeah. So it is what it is. That, that but, it uh, can't happen. You know, you might pull a, gr- a group of guys together that all pull in the same direction and they're not thought of as necessarily as the stars. And, you, you know, you might end yeah. up with a nice, exciting season. You know, I'm, right. that's, that's our hopes. You know, that's you got to believe. And not just in Uncle Steve, because you got to right. believe was before Uncle Steve. So you, yeah. you, you do. You got to believe. We're, we're still got a chance there. We haven't even that started was... spring training. Yeah, that was me being optimistic. If yep. the Marte's, you know, and the little the the baby Mets as they called them, uh, you know, rise to the occasion. Who knows? Yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah. we'll Absolutely. see what happens. That's why they play the game. Uh, and I do believe in Stearns. Uh, uh, you know, two hundred free agents out there. Let's see what happens. Plenty yep. to go. Plenty of guys to, to look for, to look through. Uh, I was gonna segue to. I'm going to wait for this one uh, next because we'll keep it Mets for a second. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts. This is out of the blue, but I was thinking about this because I, I saw it on Twitter, okay. or X as they call it. Um, the Jackie Robinson rotunda. 
yeah. as anyone listening or watching probably has attended a Met game uh, at City Field. And they made the rotunda in the middle of City Field as you go in. And it's dedicated uh, homage to Jackie Robinson. Uh, the Wilpons were big Brooklyn Dodger fans. Uh, and that's what you see. Nothing nuts. It's really all for Jackie. I'm all for it. And the kind of just blue Ebbets Field like Dodger feel. Right. Um, I've always had a little issue with it. And I, with Steve four years now as owner, he hasn't touched it. Uh, I, I wish it would just be a little more mess. Keep Jackie there. Keep, you know, whatever, but make minor adjustments. Put some, uh, you know, orange in there, some neons from Shea Stadium, you know, mm. make it more a Met feel. You know, they did that at City Field way back when they had the, you know, the black uh, fence and now they made it, what is it, blue? Yeah. Uh, it, you know. So they made adjustments, but not to the Jackie Robinson Rotunda. And that's what you first see and feel when you walk in the city field. So I just wish – and Steve has made major changes all around city field and on the roster. I'm surprised he hasn't touched that. What are your thoughts about the Jackie Robinson Rotunda? No, I mean, Rotunda? obviously, it's uh, the homage. It's tough, to, it's tough to, to mess with that a little bit. I did always find it a little bit strange with the yeah. – and obviously there is a tie with the the blue with the with the Brooklyn Dodgers with the Mets obviously, yeah. um, and then obviously with Jackie Robinson uh, Parkway being just down the road and Jackie Robinson being buried just down the road in his yeah. ties um, did always find it a little bit strange. So I think that your idea uh, is pretty is a good idea actually. I think that not eliminating it, but maybe incorporating some of the history right. of this this organization that's been around now for over 60 years and, and does have some, some history. I think that that's not a bad idea. I just think that it's a little, you know, it's kind of an homage to a, to a legendary American, not just a legendary yeah. baseball player. Um, but uh, I do like the idea of maybe incorporating in some of the, the ideas that you had. I love the neon idea, you know, to bring shape yeah. into it a little bit. I think that's, I like it. I like it. Yeah, it, it, I, I'm, I'm with you. I just always found it strange. And four years now into Steve's ownership, you know, he hasn't touched it. And I get it's a little sensitive with Jackie Robinson and all that, but you can right. add on to it. So yeah, I agree. I, it popped in my head. It's a good debate piece. Um, yeah. So now the question that uh, I saw, uh, I guess, again, on X, Twitter, if you will. Well, I guess you can make it Met related because these two players is, that we're going to talk play. about. Yeah. So, I saw it as well. <laughs> I saw it yeah. as well. Okay, so it's a it's a debate between you and I. We could agree, we could not agree. We'll see what happens. But here's the question for everybody listening or watching, and of course listening: Which of these two records do you think has the best chance to be broken? Nolan Ryan played for the Mets. His strikeout record: five thousand seven hundred and fourteen. Or Ricky Henderson's stolen base record of one thousand four hundred and six. Which record do you think? has the best chance to be broken. I can follow that up with just a little more information for everyone listening and for you, Bill. I, I to be honest with you, I would like you to go first on that because my sure. answer might, uh, be affected. Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, I, I don't want, okay. I just don't want, I don't want to give anything away. I want you to go first and okay. then I'm going to go after that. Well, for our listeners who are maybe now asking themselves, obviously the question of which has the better, they're probably going to say, well, each are probably not going to be broken. They're just not. Uh, but for the fun of it, let's just say you have to pick one. Noel Ryan, again, 5,714. And uh, the next number two is Randy Johnson with like 4875. Uh, the 
Closest active player is 2,400 strikeouts, and I believe that's Scherzer. That? I think it's Scherzer. Right. <laughs> not even in the same universe. Not, not touching, and plus he's 40. Right. Uh, Ricky Henderson, 1,406. 50% lower as number two is Lou Brock, who's number two overall 50%. with 938 career. Stolen bases. And who has, do you have the most um, the most active and who it is? I don't. I looked it up and I couldn't. The whole list. I, it didn't. It just seemed like nobody was active. You know, they're not um, even close. Yeah, they're not even close. Uh, the, yeah, they're not even close. So, yeah. All um, right. to, to answer the question, if I had to pick one, I'm not. I can't say both are not going to be broken. You know, just for the fun of it, fun okay. debate. I'm going to say because guys are not going longer games, complete games. Forget about it. Bullpens are, you know, more important now. No one's going nine innings. Ryan's record is probably safe. He's so far ahead of everybody. And you put that with Ricky Henderson's record that now baseball starting to incorporate the bigger bases, the three throws over the first, you know, the disengagements and all that. They're trying to make stolen bases more uh, uh, accentuated, if you will. And it did. It did last year. And it did. Yep. And – so, with that being said, I would say, not that it will be broken, but if it had a better chance of the two Ricky Henderson stolen base record, uh, that would be my choice. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go firmly out on a limb and agree with those people that you said might be thinking that neither one of those is going to be broken. Because I do not believe either one of those is ever going to be broken. And, and so is, uh, Cy Young can rest, rest yep. safely as well, that his 511 wins will never happen again. But I do agree with you with the, for the exact same reasons that you're saying that uh, if I had to pick one, if held at gunpoint, uh, right. I would definitely say because of those exact things that you said, guys not going as long into games. Um, obviously, strikeouts are up, but you're not throwing complete games. You know, you're done after two or three times. So three is the max you're going through a lineup, and that could be yeah. six innings. And then with the changes to the rules, I think that the stolen base record would be in the most jeopardy, but I, I'm still going to stand firm that three baseball has three records that will never be never be broken and and it will be the wins uh the stolen bases and the strikeouts but i would i'm with you i'd, I'd have to pick stolen bases if i had to okay sure. i agree we're on the same page i for the record i don't think ricky henderson's record will be broken yeah. but for the fun of it if i had to pick one I, at gunpoint yep uh you know like we people always debate will joe dimaggio's record of 56 straight games with a hit be broken you know that might be a fourth one jesus you're right you know you could always say it there's a chance yeah. You know, someone, there's just a chance because, you know, no one's 2,400 strikeouts away like Ryan. Like, right. So someone could. Hey, you're get only out. 55 games away every time you get a hit, right? Right. Right. <laughs> so there's a chance. But yes. uh, there are records that won't be broken as well, like uh, 300, um, you know, uh, losses, I think, is one of them. I think Cy yeah. Young had that. Uh, you know, so many more, too. Uh, you had but, 800, 800 plus decisions, huh? My goodness. Yeah. I mean, pitching is completely different now. So yeah, well, the uh, game's completely different. Yeah, the, well, yeah, the game. So I thought that was a fun debate. We agree. Uh, I, I'd love to hear what uh, listeners have uh, in mind. If you want to shoot us a comment on the uh, Shea Hello Media uh, on YouTube and uh, tell us what you think, we'd be Bill and I both agree that it's Ricky. But uh, you know, let us know what you think. So uh, it's that time again, Bill. Fast already. We're making good time. We it's are. the mailbag time. I'm ready. 
As everybody who is a regular listener on the Shea Little podcast, uh, we always put out there, if you have a question for Bill and I, usually 99% to Bill, uh, we put it out there a couple days before we record, uh, at Shea underscore hello, and you can ask a question to Bill or I. We read it live on the air and answer your question, just like we are going to do right now. You ready, Bill? Yes, sir. I am ready. Your boy, your boy NYMGI, will go first, All right. like always. Bill, how hard is it for veterans like a Brandon Nimmo, Francisco Lindor, going into a year with less expectations than they've had the last couple of years? Uh, I would think that it's maybe a little disappointing um, for them as of right now. But I also do think that both of those guys are gamers and are going to be looking to win irregardless. And I've heard that's not a word, but I'm going to use it anyway. I'll make it a word. (laughs) Yeah, for now. We'll use it for now. I think they're going to be trying to bust their ass as much as they possibly can. Um, They're going to have even more of an opportunity to impart their leadership on the baby Mets. And I mean, wouldn't it be something if they were able to make a run, you know, make the playoffs and make a run on a so-called quote unquote punt year, like you used, like you uh, like to say, Um, it's got to be tough a little bit because obviously you want to play for a championship every year in and year out. But like I said, I think those guys are gamers. And I think they're going to come to to play hard night in and night out. You know, obviously they go about it a different way, uh, uh, Nimmo and Lindor. But I still want to think it boils down to it. I still think that they they're winners and they want to win. So I think they're going to work hard and uh, and do everything they possibly can to make the season a success. Yeah, those are. I agree. Those are pros. So yep. you know, uh, he mentioned those two, uh, and those are pros. So I agree with you. They'll do everything they can. Absolutely. Uh, Good question. Thank you for that one. NYMGI. Uh, Jeff Cohen, a, a listener who has his own podcast. He never uh, fails us either. Yeah. Baseball Barbecue. He has a podcast, a good one. Yep. Recommend everyone checking that out. Uh, he has a question for actually both of us. Um, so we'll start with uh, you. Okay. Uh, you can even answer the one that he asked me if you have one. But the one question to you from Jeff Cohen is, Bill, have any favorite restaurants uh, that you have in mind when you were on the road playing? That stick out? You know what? I saw this one, so I did a little research to try to do some remembering. And uh, definitely some that did stick out. Obviously, most meals are usually done at the uh, at the yeah. stadium after you have the spread after. But there are those occasions where you fly into a town and you're off. So you do get to go um, to go have a meal. Uh, my wife, Michelle, used to always love to come to Chicago. Obviously, beautiful city. Uh, and we used to go to Rosebud on Rush, which is an Italian restaurant phenomenal okay. and we would sit outside uh gino's east which is a chicago style pizza uh pizzeria in mm-hmm. chicago world renowned uh loved it loved going there house of prime rib san francisco um okay. tremendous all they do is prime rib that's all they do they sounds delicious else. yeah outstanding but when it all comes boils down to it this wasn't even on the road but this is one of my places that me and my wife used to love to go uh, and it's in Brooklyn, and that would be like let's say after a Sunday game or something, and they would always put it on the arm, you know, and we would always just tip heavily, and they would give us free meals. But uh, Frankie and Johnny's, the Pine Restaurant, which is an Italian restaurant in Brooklyn, okay. and uh, those those are some that really stuck out to me that I really enjoyed over my my uh, my major league career. Yeah, knew that, knew there would be a couple. So uh, I'm for sure, I love to eat. It shows in my face. <laughs> yeah, and, and Je- <laughs> I don't know about that, but I, I, Jeff, who has the baseball and barbecue, of course, he's going to ask a, a food question. So I, I, I totally tell you get what, it. I can't remember the, the name of the 
the can the bar speaking of barbecue, uh, the Kansas in Kansas City they had a barbecue place that we used to go to. Oh yeah, they're known world for renowned it. as well. Drawing yeah. a blank on the name right now, but I do love I do love me some St. Louis style ribs. That's for sure, hundred percent. Getting me hungry. Yeah, uh, it's getting like, that time too. Yeah, I know. Uh, thanks. Oh no, he has another question. He has yeah, yeah, for me. Yeah. Uh, it, it, he, uh, we talked about Piazza in the last episode of the Shalo podcast about how he did his little thing with the jersey, and you know I'm a big fan of his. Uh, so he writes, uh, Casey, Piazza was so great with the Mets. I was at the ten run inning game when he hit the home run. Do you have a favorite Piazza game? Uh, the game he's referring to is against the Braves uh, when uh, they were down nine runs. They came back. He hit that, like, what was it, three-run homer against Terry Mulholland down the line that barely got over and in down the left field line. Epic comeback. Uh, I remember exactly where I was for that game because uh, you don't forget those moments, but I wasn't at that game. I do have a favorite game. I guess if he's asking if I was there, I'll, I'll kind of go that way. Uh the game in which, and I forget who started, it was at Shea Stadium, back and forth, Piazza hit a home run that went over the tent in left field. Left field. It, it, you never saw it land. It was against the Yankees, back and forth game, and it was the game, um, I want to say 2000, in which uh, Matt Franco hit a pinch hit walk-off single off Mariano Rivera uh, to win the game against Rivera and the Yankees in an epic game of just offense and home runs and Piazza's home run. I, I mean, I, I've just never seen a man crush a ball like that uh, in my life. You know, it was over the tent. I mean, we're not talking the seats in left field. We're right. talking a tent behind it over that and probably into the parking lot. Right. So th- that game was epic. And I remember Piazza hit that home run. It was so back and forth. There's so many. But that one just stands out because the way it ended, Matt Franco, you know, a, a pinch hit, a walk off against the best closer ever. Right. Uh, do you have any? Awesome. No, to- no, I'm going to let you shine. That, okay. was your, that was your question. I'm going to let you shine with your question. All right. Uh, thanks for the questions, Jeff. Uh, we move on to Jimmy Langs. Uh, he has a question for you. Bill, who was the funniest teammate you ever played with? Um, you know what? I actually never played with this guy on a roster, but I did um, multiple instructional leagues with him. He was always a little bit ahead of me, and then he ended up going to Japan to play. But I, I always, I, he actually put me up, and I think I brought the name up before. Um, he put me up in spring training when I was very, very young. This guy gave me gloves, he gave me cleats because he was, like I said, a few uh, rungs ahead of me before I had shoe contract and glove contract. Um, and I get to see him every year at fantasy camp, and that's uh, Eric Hillman. Okay. Uh, I think he honestly could have been um, a stand-up comedian, you know, and I, I fancy myself wow. a funny guy when it comes around being around the clubhouse and that, but um, he is one of the funniest, not just funniest teammate, quote-unquote, because like I said, instructionally, we're not actually on a roster together, but you're right. all in the same clubhouse together for six weeks, and we did it three years in a row, and then, like I said, I get to see him every year at fantasy camp. Uh, I don't think he's just one of the funniest teammates or slash baseball players I've ever met, but he's one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. I remember the name, former Met. Uh, was it? If I remember, because I, I I remember him pitching. Tall, right? Tall. Six guy. ten. Six ten. There you go. That's yeah. tall. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he was. He's very tall, and actually, I bust his chops now when I see him because he's starting to uh, to shrink a little bit. He's not quite six ten anymore. Really? But hilarious guy. And if you uh, 
any of the Mets fantasy camp guys that are out there that do check out our, our podcast, they can attest to it. He's, he's tremendous. Tremendous. Good answer. Uh, thanks for the question, Jimmy. Uh, we'll go with one more at Mets vent. He has a question. Uh, now that, uh, Yamamoto sweepstakes are over with, we kind of, we actually talked about this. Right. Where do you think the Mets pivot? Uh, he goes, I don't see them personally going to Snell type or Montgomery, but maybe a Giolito. Uh, so basically we did talk about this um, yeah. already, but to answer his question, uh, I see them going Giolito one year, two year, and not Snell Montgomery. Uh, and you yeah, attest I mean, to that. We kind of agree on that, but I think also up to so far the way that the off season has been, I'm not going to be surprised about anything, man. Right. I'm really not. You know, uh, I, I don't want to say it's a punt year. I want to say that they're going to try to win, but I don't know what that means. You know, I don't know. What I know. Means, you know, it's a puzzle that Stearns is going to have to figure out, but there's, like I mentioned before, 200 free agents still available. Right. Uh, so he could get creative. He does have a part two. Um, I guess uh, we'll both answer this. How do you uh, see Beatty and Vientos dealing with the pressure of winning or playing now third base with Mauricio out of the question with the injury? I, I think to, that, uh, yeah. that the, the, the way that every young player deals with the pressure, you either deal with the pressure or you don't because right. there's going to be somebody else behind you. How do they deal with it? Hopefully one of them, if not both of them, deals with it well and has busted their ass this offseason. And I think maybe with Eric Chavez coming back to be the, the hitting uh, coach again, I would yep. expect Beatty to be a little bit better this year simply because he's getting to talk to a guy, hopefully on a one-on-one basis that stood on the same side of home plate as him. Good point. That, uh, and hopefully they get get out of his mind that he has to hit the ball over the right field fence and let him hit the ball in the left field gap a little bit. Vientos, look, man, it's like I said, you, they either do it or they don't. How do they right. deal with it? Either they do or they don't. How? I don't up know. To them. It's right. up to them to deal with it. You know, it's going to be tough. There's going to be pressure. It's like we've talked about in the past. Um, having another young guy there, I don't know if that's more pressure than having a, an old guy there, but there's obviously right. going to be pressure. It's going to be who deals with it and who doesn't. Well, you touched upon how I was just about to answer it. Now that Mauricio, the young guy, is out of the equation, changes things. But also, if they get a Justin Turner, obviously that changes things. So there's, there's, there's we don't really playing in the big leagues is pressure. Right. There's always going to be pressure, but it's a good question. So it is uh, absolutely. There's always pressure, and we'll see. You know what they're made of. So I want to thank everybody who uh, chimed in with their questions. Of course, if you have a question for us, uh, we put it out there a couple of days before the beginning of the week uh, at Shay underscore. Hello. You could ask and we will read your questions like we just did uh, live on the Shay Hello podcast. And now it is time for Bill's favorite segment, quick pitches. Uh, if you are not familiar with this, you're not a regular of the Shay Hello podcast, but we hope you are. Bill, we asked him three questions. He doesn't know what's coming, and it's off the cuff, nothing to do with baseball, or it could, and he doesn't know what's coming, and it's fun no as idea. hell every time. You ready, Bill? Uh, as long as you've recovered from last week, I'm ready. Yeah, that was fun last week. All right. Um, let's go with the first question. What is your favorite board game and sport to watch and play? My favorite board right game – I don't play board games a lot anymore, but my favorite board game when I was a kid that I loved playing, absolutely loved playing, was the game of life. Oh, I like that was, one too. Uh, you know, you had to try to get up to a million dollars. I enjoyed playing yep. that. I played that a lot with my brother, played that a lot with some of the, you know, I had some babysitters where we stayed at their house after school and a few other kids would be there. 
then we would play the game of life. What was the second part of the question? Uh, sport to watch and play right now. Well, I don't play any sports anymore. My sports playing days are, are well past over. I'm 50 years old and I beat my right. body up. Uh, and not just uh, playing baseball, but uh, go, going into the construction field, I had to labor for quite a few years before I became a traffic control supervisor. So right. my playing sports days are done. Okay. The sport that I enjoy watching other than baseball uh, would probably be uh, soccer. I, I okay. enjoy watching soccer. I actually watched the matches earlier today on Boxing Day. Right. Um, what I do like about soccer over some of the other sports is even though there's quote unquote not a lot of scoring and they're boring, is there's actually never any breaks in the game. The game, the ball is constantly moving, yeah. regardless of if the ball is being uh, scored or not. As opposed to football, where I have to sit in white for 35, 34 seconds before, between each ball is snapped, because they're wasting a bunch of time uh, uh -huh. playing. You know, you can watch a three-hour football game, and it's about seventeen minutes of actual action going on. So, right. not, not saying I don't like uh, or, or watch the NFL, but if uh, Real Madrid was playing uh, Barcelona and the Cowboys were playing the Eagles. The, the Eagles or something or the Chiefs, yeah. I would definitely sit down and watch the Real Madrid versus Barcelona match over the, the football match. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, you have a favorite team, by the way, over in uh, um, I do. I mean, look, if there's there's different leagues across there. I, I, I was a, a very big Real Madrid fan for many, many years, obviously, throughout the Cristiano Ronaldo years. Um, he's in uh, Saudi Arabia now. Yeah, right? he plays in Saudi Arabia now. Yep. Crazy. Yeah, it is. And that league's actually signed a whole bunch of a whole bunch of players. Money, uh, money, money. Yeah, a lot of money. A whole lot of yeah. money. Um I do like Real Madrid still, and I, I am a fan of Manchester United, even though they've been a kind of on a downturn the last few years. Right. But you know what? When you're a fan of a, a club or a you're a fan of that club, it doesn't matter win, lose, or draw. So I, I still okay. consider myself a Man United fan and a Real Madrid fan. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I do enjoy soccer. You're right. Other than halftime, it's constant. It's, so. it's the ball's moving. The ball's constantly right. moving. Okay. Yeah. I like that take. Uh, number two, if you were only allowed to keep three apps on your phone and strictly just entertainment apps, kind of like Twitter X or, uh, Facebook or whatever you might use or like a game on your phone or something, uh, what would the three be? So, I don't have I don't have a lot of apps on my phone as it is to begin with, but okay. the three that I have that I would keep on my phone would obviously be uh, my my time waster and my hobbies that I have um, formerly known as that would be one of them. Right. Uh, Twitter, uh, YouTube. Yeah, okay. I spend a lot of time on YouTube watching all kinds of stuff, you know, informational stuff, and all the way into to goofy stuff, whatever it may be, and then uh, Yahoo. Yahoo app. I'm, I go on there just to catch articles. You know, obviously right. I'm more a more uh, left leaning uh, news organization, but that's that's where I go. I go okay. to those three. So yeah, Twitter, YouTube, and basically the, the internet and, and Yahoo specifically. Yeah, Yahoo. Okay. Yeah, uh, makes sense. I would probably agree with you. With the internet, uh, X, Twitter, uh, not so much YouTube for me. Uh, I didn't think about it as your question, but uh, two out of the three, I would have to think about the third. Uh, it's like a time waster, like something like free poker, you know, just to. Yeah, I don't play a know. lot of games on the phone because I, right. I spend enough time sitting in front of the, uh, the right. TV watching, playing the Xbox when I have my free time. Right. Well, I don't have, yeah, I don't, I'm not the video game guy, so uh, you, I get it. You have enough of that, you know, where you're yeah, I got wa wasting. Game. I got enough. Yeah. Game. When I'm on the phone, I'm either getting information or 
talking shit online, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never seen that. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, last one. I think you'll like this one. Okay. If you were the ruler of your own country, what would be the first law you would introduce? ELE. What is that? Everyone love everyone. Ah, how does I like that? How do you make that a law, though? I don't know Can anybody. That, I guess anybody that's going doing wrong on somebody else, you're going to have to pay some kind of a uh, punishment if you're okay. not doing right by other people. I get you know? it. All right. I guess so, that would be you know. Yeah, you're the it. ruler. It's your law. So yeah. be, you're basically saying be kind and be don't kind, wrong do people. On, do, do right on the, among others as you would like to have done unto you. Do amongst, you know, do like the right that. thing. You know, I right. live on Long Island. I get to go to the parking lot and I see people not being able to park in between two parking spots. That's basically you saying, I don't care about you. I don't care about right. the next guy that's pulling up. That's not the so, type of guy that I would like to see. So, you know, that to me, if I go and you're in my my country and you're parked over the line, you're going to. That's you not being uh, got it out for the next man. So, yeah, you're the you're the the ruler of the country. So something like that, that would be wronging somebody. Therefore, they have a punishment, a a punishment, penalty, whatever it may be, a fine. You know, I like that. I I think if we as a society looked out towards what the next man or woman and not try to step on their toes and be less cognizant of ourselves and more cognizant of your surroundings and everybody else around you, I think we'd be in a better place. I like that answer. I really do. Thank you. At the end, end of the day, be kind, you know, and that that's it. trickles down to a lot of things, you know, not hard to be kind. All right. Well, those are your three. I like every answer. Uh, that actually does it for episode 19 of the say hello podcast. Uh, we did some good time over here, uh, but it always goes fast. I mean, we it can talk for fast. hours. It, it really does. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching on Shea Hello uh, Media on YouTube. Please subscribe if you haven't yet. Uh, And if you are not following us, wherever you get your podcast, we're there, Spotify, Google, uh, Apple. Please follow us. uh, Drop a comment. I'll respond. And uh, I want to thank, of course, Stephen White, our producer. uh, Behind the scenes always does a good job. Great job. Excuse me. Uh, Any last words, uh, Bill, as we exit episode 19? Well, this will be our last one of 2023 right yeah so i'd like to wish everybody well first of all thank you for everybody that watches thanks for the questions every 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 week i I enjoy it uh i want to wish everybody uh, a happy new year a prosperous new year healthy new year and uh onward and upward totally agree everyone who has subscribed and listened and dropped a comment uh asked a question anything like that thank you very much uh i am with bill 23 is about to slowly move out as we enter a new year. So I want to wish everybody happy holidays, of course, and a happy new year. And thanks so much uh, for tuning in wherever that might be. Uh, I wish a happy new year to Bill as uh, we get closer to it and to Stephen behind the scenes as well. Yeah, happy new year, boys. So that will do it for episode 19 of the Shalo podcast. Thanks so much for watching or listening. And uh, Keep safe, everybody, around the holidays, and please have a happy new year, and we will see you soon on the Shea Hello Podcast.